Who killed Kenny? Oh, it's Kennedy, not Kenny. Sorry. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo. Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of Game Week 12. I'm your host, Don, and I'm joined as always by my Amigo Mars. Our Amiga Kylie is back in her native Australia and is definitely putting a bottle of red to bed and waltzing Matilda. Have a great holiday, Mrs. K. But uh, fear not, Amigos, we have been joined in Kylie's absence by two legends from the FBL community, the Chief at FBL Hints and his son, Anthony, who you can find on Twitter at his adorable handle, the FBL Stag. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hello. Thanks very much. I think this is probably the first time we've had a father-son combination on the show, so it's really great to be here. (laughs) Making FPL history. Uh, (laughs) Chief, uh, great to have you back on. Um, How was game week 11 for you? And I know you're having a bit of a tough season this season, but uh, a long way to go. Yeah, hi, hi Don. Thanks for having me back on the show. Um, Yeah, I mean, to be frank with you, it was absolutely hellish. Um, But yeah, my captain paid off with Aguero, but then again... The whole world owns him, so doesn't really count. Um, unfortunately, it was the decisions that I didn't make that cost me quite badly. Um, I, I knew I was going to sell Hazard, and Sterling was my prime candidate. But then at the last hour, I chose Barkley. And yeah, that didn't turn out quite well for me, unfortunately. Um, Richarlison, he was one I sold the week before. He he banged this week as well. So, um, you know, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a right kick in the wrong place this week and then to top it all off we had Mr Mitrovic Monday night football in that absolute horror show of a game um, on Monday night and you know that yellow card really just summed summed it up so um, upwards and onwards as they say so um, yeah I mean let's let's see what happens now going forwards yeah yeah no a long long way to go so um, yeah hopefully it'll Hopefully it'll take a turn for the better, Chief. Uh, Marzi, as uh, Chief mentioned there, of course, uh, Richarlison. You, I know you sold Richarlison too um, ahead of the game week. Um, but uh, tell tell the listeners about your game week eleven. Sorry. What? what you've forgotten, what you forgotten all about game week eleven already, have you? I only think about game week ten and game week twelve. Game week eleven is erased from history. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was sad. So sad. Sad. Sad situation. They only got absurd. And then, like, you, you think, right, okay, Monday night, a hero's going to come along, you know, build your hopes up. And then, yeah, Mitrovic just uh, decides to do a Mitrovic, really. W- why on earth were we relying on him? I don't know. I actually sold him Saturday. Um, I was that angry. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I sold him. <clears throat> it was always the plan. <clears throat> I did ask someone in this group, should I sell Richarlison or Madison? And that person never got back to me. And therefore, I'm just going to ignore them. Throughout this Chief pod. gets Chief gets so many messages every week. Like, of course he's gonna miss one or two of them. Yeah. Sorry, I, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't hear. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I can only hear Chief and Don. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was. It was I, I believe I told you to get rid of Madison. To be honest, Don, you you probably did, but then I I, I never listened to you. Let's be honest. <laughs> Maybe you should. Maybe you should. Uh, yeah. I think I I think I made forty six points. You know what the funny thing is, hmm. Mitrovic's point. The, uh, stopped my decline. Actually, gave me a hundred places up, <laughs> which I found quite hilarious. 
Uh, but hey, you we know what? It's a long season. There's a long way to go. You know, it's just the beginning. It's not the end. So we move on. There is um, I'm I'm liking to take that references, Marzi. Uh, the uh, you know, I'm gonna uh, relight my fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of a game me and uh, the chief used to play years ago on the old fan feud, and we used to have on different podcasts that'd be um, you have to guess themes of the show, so it'd be uh. There'd be bands, or there'd be movies, or there'd be different things like that. It was it was a good bit of fun, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, and the game week game week eleven was quite all right for me. It was fine. No, it was uh, sixty eight points, um, which was quite it worked out quite well. Captain Captain Aguero, Lacazette, and Wilson Marshall did well for me, um, and Alonso that late assist was good. But again, um, like she said. With these high ownership players, I didn't actually see much of a bump um, arise due to Alonso getting the uh, getting that assist. Um, and Hazard came off the bench. He was uh, he came on off the bench for four points. Otherwise, I would have had Kennedy in there. But um, yeah, a little bit of a lackluster uh, game week. But uh, definitely was a lot better than um, than some out there. Um, so Stag, come to you actually and tell me um, the story of your game week. And I'll I'll pitch this to you in a kind of in a team that you'll like and it'll suit your age group. Once upon a time in a land far far away. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us how there, game week 11 went for you there was a stag who dominated the FPL community something like that um, yeah, uh, Mars you got what, 46 for the whole week I'm, I'm just going to just end up messing with you now but you got 46 for the whole week uh, Aguero captain got me 26 and Raheem Sterling got me 21 so that's 47 points off two players Wow. and uh, yeah, yeah at one stage go. until Alonso got that assist I think uh, Sterling captain has had more points than me oh no Oh my, oh well, I decided goodness. to yeah. captain Salah. I decided to captain <laughs> Salah for some strange reason. Uh, it was oh, on Aguero no. the whole week. Oh, and no. then uh, I switched it. <laughs> but you know what? It, it doesn't matter. We, yeah. we, we move on. Yeah, so the, the other nine players in my starting team contributed as much as Aguero, Captain and Sterling did. So I finished with 94 points in total, which was wow. 26,243 for the game week. So... Some pretty nice green arrows to bring me up to 69,200 overall, which is nice. Now, people who listen to my uh, getting to know me interview with you guys will know that I kind of obsess about the difference between my overall rank and my game week one rank. The difference is currently 16. So there are 16 people who started after game week one who are ahead of me. So we need to minimize that number further. So that's uh, that's that's the update on that. I actually looked at that myself uh, this game week. I noticed I've... uh... I'm still I'm still good. There's nobody who's passed me. Oh um, wow! Passed me yet? Yeah. But uh, the um, actually listening, our listeners league um, will give a little update on that. You mentioned 94 points. Um, the top score in that um, in the listener league this game week, um, Andy Gordon had 95 points and Cliff Yo had 95 points too. So um, well done to them. They're uh, they're climbing up the table. The overall, the top five, it is Beersley's Pochies, Asin Coopers. Um, they're on seven, eight, six points. And uh, Victor Moselon, Joe Stone, is on 782 points. Sky Player in FPL is on 774. Um, and Park Gate, Clev Edian um, is on 761 points. Bundesliga is Brian Graham's team, and they're on 758 points. So that rounds out our top five. So um, great going all those. Um, yeah, and hopefully, as I say every week, hopefully someday, some some year, we'll find uh, Mars's name somewhere on that list. It'll be um, it'll make my day. 
Um, but uh, Marzi, um, as always on the podcast, we hand the microphone over to yourself to have your Mars's rant of the week. Now, after having a bit of a nightmare game week 11, I'm anticipating quite a fiery one here, so don't disappoint me. Don, when an FBL manager is obsessed by another, can't keep his mind on nothing else, he would trade the world for a good thing that he's found that, would, that he would beat. If he had a bad week, he can't even see it, as long as he beats the one that he's obsessed with. He would turn his back on his own club just so his opposition captain fails. This is what you call when a, when a man is in love with another manager. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy that there's so much obsession, you know, that um, when your OR is so so high that you're still worried about my, my, my league. Uh, that's, that's my rant. It's just uh, I'm really happy that you're so obsessed by my position. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's uh, it's it's not really obsession, Mars. I just I really I really you know, do hope the smile on your face lets me know how important it is that you beat me. The truth <laughs> in your voice tells me that you really need this. Oh, here he goes, you know? lads. Here he goes. <laughs> oh, uh, lads. It's, it's just you say it best when when you just move on now. When you say nothing at all. <laughs> Folks, uh, let's move on to the big topic of the week. And we are a podcast, of course, that was created to host members of the community to speak about FPL. And in this segment, each pod, we speak about the issues being discussed in the community. This week, after Raheem Sterling blew the top off Game Week 11 with his, I believe it was a 21 points he came up with in the end, um, it is basically the community are really kind of debating how on earth we can possibly fit him into a team featuring our ARM defence. Um, either Mane, Mane or um, Mane or Salah, Hazard, um, and Aguero. Um, I'll come to you first, Stag, on it. Firstly, is it possible to um, to get Sterling into the team whilst keeping those other big hitters in midfield and Aguero? And um, how much of a priority do you face or do you place on getting Raheem into your own team? So yeah, going off that game week update, I do have Raheem Sterling in my team right now and have done so for a few game weeks at this point. Uh, the principal reason for doing that was he passed the eye test, his movement, his speed, the fact that Pep's teams are designed to feed players as they arrive to the box, which Raheem Sterling tends to do. He looks extremely clinical, his confidence is up, as we kind of saw in his brace versus Spain for England. I think that was really the, the kicker that got me to go for him. A few, but just in the, during the last international break, look, he's seventh for expected goals from open play overall this season, and consider the fact that he's only played seventy-seven point five percent of the minutes possible this year. That's a pretty decent position to be in for a midfielder. In the last two game weeks, he's had five attempts in the box. That's the exact same number as his teammate Sergio Aguero. The City team themselves are absolutely flying in terms of expected goals they're actually ahead of last year they've at this point last season so I looked at where City were after 11 games this season and last season they've actually scored five less goals 33 goals this year 38 goals this point last year but in terms of every other stat so in terms of attempts on goal they've had 229 attempts this year versus 194 154 in the box versus 128 and they're they're creating a chance every 4.5 minutes versus 5.4 last season and Raheem Sterling is involved in all of them he's involved in 50% of Man City's goals this season it's absolutely insane how involved he's been so you kind of just I felt like you have to have him so I place a pretty big importance on him to put that down um, it is possible to have them though it, it absolutely is possible the fact who do you is, not uh, have who do you not have Stag? Is it Salah? so what I'm yeah that's what I was going to get at so what I actually have is I have Robertson Alonso Salah Aguero and Sterling so if I swapped Salah for Hazard I'd have what you wanted there and have enough money to upgrade let's say Pereira in my defense to get Mendy who's the one part of the ram or arm I'm missing so I'm actually 
I, I, it's very possible and have a pretty balanced it, it, team. It is probably realistically though you have to you do have to kind of dismantle the ARM defense. You can't have because your finances you do have to kind of probably but just you couldn't, choose. You couldn't have the ARM defense mm. and Salah and yeah. Sterling. Well, and Sa- Salah I believe like personally and I know I know Salah's up front and I know Mars will probably um, and Chief will probably have a different opinion on it but I'm happy enough at the moment with Mane instead of Salah um, because with with that extra amount of money, it's uh, I'd find it nearly. I'm trying trying as hard as I can to envision a way to engineer like, and that means reducing down my um my, which we will get to later on in the show, um, my front line, the amount of money invested in that because I really want to get Sterling in, but it's I think with Salah's price tag, I can't I can't envision myself because I do want to keep that um that elite defense which has been racking up the points so far um this season. What do you think, Marzi? Um, where would you kind of rate, say, if we were talking about those premium midfielders, um, where would you rank Sterling among, um, say, Salah, Mane um, and Hazard? Where would you rank them? Right now, he's top. For, for me, uh, <clears throat> I said if Hazard was injured, Sterling would have been the person that would have got. A lot of people were talking about doubling up because of Liverpool's fixtures, because I, I have Salah and, and, and not Mane. For me, Sterling is, uh, and I've always said he's the guy's, Unbelievable. We spoke about him uh, maybe a couple of months ago and we said he might get rested. And then he did. And people were fuming. But so, you're going to get that. A few games that, a few games with um, with Pep, he will rest one of the players. So far, Aguero is the only one, I think, who has not been rested in the league. Right? So, yeah. is, is Sterling going to be rested again? Yes, at one stage he will be. But the points that he gets you in those other games um, more than make up for it. Now, the issue that I have <clears throat> is at the moment, I, if, if I look at my team, I've got the arm in defence. And I'm happy to stick with them because overall, I think they, they, will, they will deliver more points than, uh, premium, than cheap defenders. Right. And then I've got, so I've got, I've got Hazard and Salah and I've got Aguero up front. Um, now, I could, if I want to uh, uh, think about um, downgrading, so I, um, I've just got in Arnie. So let's say Wilson down to a 4.5 and then downgrade one of my other midfielders so I can just have, uh, that means that will have, uh, I'll be playing with 3-3-2 really because my fourth defender will be a 4.5 that has to start for me to be able to fit Sterling in along, alongside Hazard and Salah. Do I want to do that? Maybe. And just uh, allow the fact that I will have uh, one 4.5 midfielder and hope that he does something uh, in a while. I might decide to do that. Not right now um, because it just because um, I've already made two moves uh, that I was planning on doing anyway. Um, and then maybe if, if Sterling continues to do this, look, 18 points or 21 points was ridiculous. Uh, that's not going to happen in every game week. And so if you don't have Sterling, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say, right, now go and rip your team apart and you have to have Sterling in it. Because there will be games where he, where he will do nothing and there will be games where he will score, he score a couple of points. You need to look at the overall picture. Are you happy with your team? Are you happy with your structure? Now, of course, for example, I wanted Mendy uh, three, game weeks, three game weeks ago. I wasn't, going, I wasn't willing to do a minus four for a defender. When I had two free transfers, I decided to bring him in. Now, the mistake was that I sold Richardson and not Madison, but that's another thing. So, and again, let's learn from my mistake. If your team is good and you're getting good scores, don't fix something that is not broken. So my team, I got 70 points last week and I was happy with it. But I had already planned to bring in Mendy. 
And it was oh, it was a deliberation, strong one between Madison or Richarlison. I said Richarlison was trickling points. Madison was actually doing well with the eye test, but just unlucky, always unlucky. When when the tragedy at Leicester happened, I thought maybe okay, I have to give Madison a rest, especially if they were um, if they postponed the game. Then I looked at the fixtures and I decided that Madison overall had the better fixtures than than Richarlison. And I got at, just like cheap, I got bitten by it. It was sickening because I had Richardson all the way along. Um, but so don't go now breaking something that uh, trying to, you know, that, that doesn't need fixing. Um, have a plan to bring in Sterling if you want to and make sure that you can do it within two moves. A minus four is, is worth it for Sterling or two free transfers. Don't forget we've got internationals coming up. So if you can't afford a light for, a light, for light right now, I would say you need to hold to hold off, see what happens in the internationals. There's always an injury here or there that you might need to fix, and then plan to bring him in. They they do have a derby next week, which is not the easiest of games. Uh, but you know well, what? He has Sterling, done, he's done well in the past, though, in the derby, hasn't he? Exactly, he, he has, he has. But look, would I would I bring him in now for a minus four? Maybe. Mm. Any more than that? It all no. depends. It all depends who for, of course. Um, exactly. And Chief, um, one thing actually to um, the, a lot of people, Dave from Burnley um, mentioned, he put up a stat I saw that um, Sterling in the nine games he's played with Aguero this season has outscored him in every single game. That's part of the options, of course, of thinking. And it was something that I tinkered with before the thinking, debating it was to actually go with three budget forwards and then really muscle up that midfield. Um, for instance, is it a, is it in your mind, um, an option maybe to get rid of Aguero to downgrade him to the likes of Arnautovic and then basically have your Wilson, Arnautovic and plus another? Um, there, there is there, there is different options in that kind of cheap that cheap budget uh, striker um, striker position. But um, is that in your thinking that maybe to to go big in midfield and to go cheap up top? The, the problem with selling Aguero is he's owned by more than fifty percent of managers. So there might be that one game week where he might outscore Raheem Sterling heavily. And Raheem Sterling might blank, and then you know you, you lose rank. So uh, if my thinking right now is how can I accommodate both of them? And Raheem Sterling's price tag. I remember at the start of the season, a lot of people questioning, oh, he, you know, is he really worth um, his money? And the, the fact of the matter is, he had 35 attacking fantasy returns in the Premier League last season, and with 11 game weeks gone, he's already got 11. So he's on course to match those returns as they are so you know no question about it he you know the, the amazing thing is his, his ownership is less than 10 percent and he's almost like in some ways a differential who's scoring a hell of a lot of points um but the concern that i have with sterling is that you know he will randomly get benched and in the two matches that he did get benched i think city scored like you know 11 aggregate goals so that goes to show that even without him, they are scoring goals. He's yeah, he's he's important, but he isn't the be all or end all in Pep's plans. And obviously, with Champions League and the Christmas fixture rush, uh, rush that will also factor in limited minutes for him. And that the frustration we have with Aguero, um, with the exception of game week eleven, he's had these random sixty minute stints, might get a goal, and and that's the end of it. Sterling has been far more explosive, as as you've pointed out. 
but I, I, I just can't fathom selling Aguero. Um, I would only sell him when Pep begins to bench him in the Premier League, and that's not happening right now. Um, with that said, just to make a, a point on what Mars was saying about, you know, a minus four and bringing Sterling in, as much as I want him in my team, I'm prepared not to do that um, in, in the derby match this weekend, despite his record against United. I'm happy to, you know, happy to take a risk for further price rises this game week and during the international break and then buy him afterwards. Um, so that's that's my thinking on that. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> Raheem Sterling is a must have this season. And, you know, he's he's what the third highest scoring FPL player as well. And his limit, his minutes have been barely managed as well. So, you know, we, we can't ignore him. But at the same time, we, we need Aguero. And what just one final point, actually, we we're talking about the ARM defence. Perhaps, you know, we might have to make Alonso into David Luiz, uh, Robertson into uh, Trent Alexander and... Mendy into Laporte, maybe that's that's the way forwards um, potentially. So that's yeah, another way of looking I've, at it. I've, I've seen that where you can save about two point eight million or something like that if if, if yeah. you wish. But then then Trent could <clears throat> could get benched, and Louise as 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 good as he's doing, um, yeah. you know, apart okay, clean sheets, which is what we want from the defenders. But the reason we go with Alonso is because of that oh, assist, and this, the assist yeah. and, and the goals. And and the same the same with Mendy. I would say, look, Laporte is getting the points, absolutely. But Mendy gets those attacking returns. Okay, that's right. He didn't. That's he didn't right. last week. That means, and, that, that, those the, the AR the ARM are effectively midfielders in disguise. Let's be honest. That's why exactly. We have so that that, that 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 that's the reluctance of um, you know, not wanting to sell them. But the other point that we touched upon as well is Salah. Or Mane, I've got Mane in my team, and as much as I like Salah, I just think he's ridiculously priced right now. And the fact is, if you have Mane, you've got four million more to redistribute in your midfield or in your defence or attack. So uh, maybe maybe that is the ultimate cog: get rid of Salah, get Mane, and then you can perhaps afford Raheem Sterling and your other premiums. Yeah, and of course, one of the things is, as you mentioned, as Mars was saying, with the taking a hit to bring in Sterling. The reality is, is one of the players you're going to be taking a hit. It it'll be really, really painful if, say, you took a hit to bring him in for Hazard, or you, you know, did something because the player you're bringing him in for, unless you're doing like a big change, you know, a a change in another area as well, you're probably going to be selling a premium midfielder as well to to bring him in, and uh, it could yeah. be it could be exactly the game when uh when Pep decides to rest him. Yeah, like, realistically for managers. It's this weekend isn't the weekend to bring him in ahead of the Manchester Derby, and then no. you might as well. So if if Sterling is what's really on your agenda, I would just say roll your transfer hold it and wait to see what happens to premium players over exactly. the course of the international break after game week twelve. So yeah. realistically, don't buy Sterling this week unless you just happen to have the funds available. Yeah, or somebody gets injured, whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Yeah, start planning for it. If 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 he's the person you want to have, look at the city fixtures and go right. I want him for then, and then start. Start planning for it. And you need to realise, like you said, you know, when I planned to bring in Mendy, I knew exactly when I wanted to bring him in. And I had to live with a 11-point loss overall. So it's going to happen sometimes, like you said, Don. And you just have to realise that it's a move that you made for the rest of the season. You make those moves for season keepers. 
Mendy Robertson and Alonso, for me, are probably not going to leave my team unless they get injured or red-carded, whatever. That's brilliant, folks. Uh, we'll move on to our Bonk, Marion Stock game. Um, in this segment of the show, we look at the top performers from the previous game week who will inevitably be receiving thousands of new owners this week. But are they Mary, Bonk or Stock candidates for our amigos? Chief, um, a game week that was not a friend to goalkeepers. Leicester's Smichael topped the chart with eight points, followed by Dubravka of the Mighty Magpies, your Mighty Magpies, of course, with six points. Are either of these keepers Marys or even Bonk candidates that candidates for you or are they at best stock options for your watch list to be perfectly frank with you you know Dubravka and Schmeichel weren't even on my ra- radar let alone in the first few game weeks I mean this this one game week where they've got a clean sheet um I I think it's it's an exception to the rule um you know of course Schmeichel and Dubravka have got a good run of upcoming games and defensively um, Newcastle have really become a, a lot more tight in recent games, you know, subsequent to the Manchester United match. And I think Dubravka might be an option um, g- going forwards. But to, to be honest with you, I, I think that for me, it's looking for a more long term pick. And in my, in my case, I, I'm looking actually at Fabianski because Fabianski. Um, beyond this game week, he actually has a really good run of upcoming games with the, ex- with the exception of playing City um, in a couple of game weeks. He, he's the one I'm looking out for. But my concern is with him um, that he's only had one clean sheet all season. So if you, if you come back to Schmeichel and Dubravka, I think Dubravka has actually kept four clean sheets already this season quietly. So he might be the one that is worth looking at. With the fact is, with 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 Leicester and how they play, and the the, the attacking style that um, uh, that they have, um, you know, they're more prone to concede. Whereas with Newcastle United right now, you know, it's a case of keeping everyone out and then hope to get a cheeky goal here and there. So between them, it would be Dubravka, but I'm not fully convinced. Even with you know the, the win against um, the win against Watford last weekend, you know, I. I, I don't think we're going to win games 1-0 um, going forwards. I, I think that was somewhat of a, a fluke result. So It was an enjoyable yeah. one, though, all the same. It was, it, was, it was enjoyable in the sense that we, we finally won a match. But I'm, I'm still concerned about um, Newcastle's form. I, you know, basically, if, if we can't make the most of these upcoming reasonable fixtures... If we if we don't you know win most of them if we if we lose most of them we're we're in serious trouble and I, for me as a, as a as an FPL player uh, against my club loyalties I, I just see no value in any Newcastle assets right now but with Dubravka based on his value based on the form of two clean sheets you know we we can't ignore him but I'm I'm just not enthused by him or Schmeichel when looking at the wider um, FPL goalkeeper graphic. It's uh, a very, it's, graphic. Yeah, it's a very competitive uh, budget keeper, and I know um, I know the uh, they're up at the five mil kind of is out, is even more expensive than the likes of Fabianski or Ryan who got a price yeah. rise already this game week. Exactly. Um, the uh, yeah, it's definitely a competitive section. But um, Chief, um, I, actually, can I ask you one question before because I know you have to head off early. 
um, sure. is um, I actually got in Kennedy a few weeks ago for um, for my budget. You know, he's literally just a bench option that I want to just have a cheap attacking midfielder. Um, yeah. What's been your thinking on Kennedy this season? I may as well get your, your magpie insider view. I, I've not really been impressed with him at all. I mean, last season, um, you know, he showed glints of, you know, what he's capable of. But, you know, that missed penalty... <laughs> Um, um, against Cardiff really summed up um, his season, and of, of course, you know things things have changed since then. I, I I wouldn't have any attacking Newcastle cover at the moment because of the inconsistency, and also just the, the yeah, just I, I I have no trust in them getting consistent returns on a weekly basis. So. Um, yeah, so, sorry, I can't. I can't say. No, he's. I, I, to be honest, he, they, that's that's my thinking on him too. He's uh, he's there because I have liked him when I've seen him on my match of the day highlights. He's looked like he's a, a classy. His skills, but um, but yeah, I I agree. He probably is the kind of player that if he was playing for my own team, he probably would infuriate me more than um, more than yeah. enjoy watching him playing. You know. But um, 4.9 thanks. million, 4.9 million, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he is. Yeah, we basically he was a move from um, from Guendouzi for uh, yeah. who was a non-playing. He wasn't playing for Arsenal at the time, so um, I I just wanted to get in a playing attacking midfielder that I could just sit on the bench, not worry about starting him any week, and he can just and, rotate in. And what what I will say is, if you if you said to me, would you rather have Kennedy at 4.9 million um, or one of these 4.5, 4.4 players who get two points? here and there you know Kennedy could be a viable prospect um but he's the kind of player that could on any game week if he if he by by fluke subbed in for one of my players who didn't play it it could be the week when he actually scores or something you know that uh um, it just it can work out but you just know that week when he gets the brace he'll be your Mm. sub (laughs) whereas the other times it'll just be the two point or one point returns yeah I'm with you uh, come here, Chief. Thanks a million for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you as usual, and um, and best of luck for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. Um, here's to uh, green arrows all around. Thank you. Take care. See you, Chief. Who is Kennedy? Kennedy is the Newcastle midfielder. No. No, he is Bropotus. Bropotus, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he is Bropotus. He, there is no Kennedy. <laughs> On to the defenders. Um, Seamus Coleman, our own favourite Irishman, after myself and uh, after myself and Stag, of course. Uh, Coleman is your favourite uh, favourite Irishman. Uh, He's my fourth favourite Irishman. After Roy Keane. No. <laughs> after uh, Ken Rooney. <laughs> well, I was going to say general. No, now that that makes it five because then Ken will be upset. There's a lot. There's a lot of nice <laughs> Irishmen. Where does Stephen uh, Finn fit into this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I only have uh, them fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell us anyway, Mr. Coleman. He's a long-term FBL favourite who we've all steered well clear of due, due primarily to Everton's defensive frailty, but also as uh, Coleman, ha- Coleman hasn't been as dangerous in front of goal this year. Um, so what's your thinking? He had a good game week eleven, but um, do you think is that a flash in the pan? And is his price tag still prohibitive? Um, is he uh, or is he just somebody basically to stick on your stock list? Look, boys, it's a messed up night. We're looking for something dumb to do. Hey, Coleman, I think I want to marry you. Don't say no, no, no. Just say yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, <laughs> I think I-, I love Coleman, right? Um, great player, 
always passes the eye test. Everton are, are playing some, some really good football. Uh, I do think that we have to be careful. He's not, he's not the cheapest. Uh, 5.2 at the moment, right? So if you've got like a Trent and you, you're thinking Trent is being substituted, can I bring him in? Uh, that's fine. Uh, but for me, he is not as good attacking defender as the other prospects that we've been talking about with regards to Mendy, Robertson uh, and Alonso. Um, if, you, if you look at Everton's fixtures, um, they've got Chelsea away, Cardiff at home, Liverpool away, Newcastle at home, Watford then City. So it's like one good, one bad, one good, one bad. Um, I know Everton have had a couple, you know, uh, some games where they've kept clean sheets and that's been the, the, the easier games. So if you have <coughs> the budget and the rotation between defenders where you can bring him in and out, that's fine. Or you, are, and, or you stick with him. I just don't think that, for me, he will return as much as the other three and I would prefer the other three on top of him. So for me, he's a stalk um, because they actually, after week... Um, so uh, after week... 19, they have a nice run of fixtures until week 26. There's a seven-week period where I think um, you could invest in him uh, and uh, benefit more. Yeah, and double him up with Pickford and Gold, Merzi, yeah? Like no, it. only yeah. you would do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stag, what's your uh, what's your thinking on Coleman? Um, is it, do you agree with Merzi on that one, yeah? Yeah, I pretty much agree with Marzi. Like it's it's kind of just a sit and wait when it comes to Everton's defence generally. I think I would just hang on and wait on. With Coleman himself, look, he himself admitted that his performances haven't exactly been up to scratch all the time recently. Hopefully it all turns around soon. Kind of he's one of those players I think that absolutely everyone would wish the best for. But from an FPL point of view it's just uh stock for a while. Nice one. Um, and move on to Felipe Anderson uh, Stag. So um, the West Ham man, of course, he's he's kind of shone in in patches for West Ham this season, but um, he had a great game week eleven. What I've seen an awful lot of chatter on Twitter about uh, people debating getting him in. Um, there are probably people who maybe got burnt by selling Richarlison last week and probably don't want to go straight back to him again, and so are looking for an alternative. But um, what's your thinking on him? Is he like is he somebody that's reliable enough as an FPL option, or is it is there just better people around his price point? So I'm going to dive off the fence and say there are definitely better options than him, and he is not worth it. Uh, he had a great game last weekend, sure, absolutely, but that was only his third game getting returns all season. He, from an FPL point of view, I think okay, we could look at midfielders who are the same price soon. We'll get to that in a second, but realistically, most FPL players are going to be considering either him or Marco Arnautovic. They're pretty much the same price. And Felipe is what six point eight, and and Arnautovic is seven point one. So very few people want to have both. I had the dilemma myself just this week where I looked at the two of them. So so I started off by looking at heat maps, trying to figure out which was looking better. Anderson is barely in the box at all. There was just a few puddles of blue in the box, and that was about it. Arnautovic, by comparison, is setting one side of the box on fire. The right side of the box is absolutely on fire. And then there's yellow and green patches at the opposite side, too. He's so involved in West Ham's play going forward and so involved in the box as well. Like In the last four games, Arnautovic is better on a per-game basis in terms of expected goals, pen area touches, penalty area touches. It's it's a it's a difference of like three per game versus ten per game. Uh, attempts, Arnautovic is better in the box. He's after uh, like shots in the box as well. He's better. It just doesn't make sense to have Felipe Anderson over him. Um, Arnautovic has had a minute per 
Um, has had a, an attempt every 19.2 minutes over the last four game weeks. Aguero has had 20, has taken 22.5 minutes to have every attempt. Felipe Anderson is 39.8. So realistically, if I was picking between between two West Ham attackers, I wouldn't even pick Felipe Anderson. I'd pick Arnautovic. And then in terms of midfielders, I'd prefer Richardson. And I'd even prefer Roberto Pereira purely be- at Watford purely because he's so central to absolutely everything they do. Felipe Anderson is good for corners, which means he's good for getting assists off Balbuena, who is a monstrously dangerous player off corners. But I'd rather have Balbuena and Richardson are- and Arnautovic rather than having Felipe Anderson at all. And then when you add in Fabianski, so, so Anderson is really about the fourth and down um, West Ham player that you'd probably like to have in your team. Exactly, yeah. So that that's actually a really good point. So it's just so mystifying seeing mm. all this talk about Anderson, uh, Felipe Anderson. Um, I'm just, uh, when you were mentioning about the heat maps there between yourself and Kane Rooney, I think people are just imagining that every Irishman is just literally sitting around looking at heat maps all day long, drinking <laughs> tea and munching on potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the the developing stereotype of a nation. What can I say? Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> the new pope's children. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, Stag, uh, will we? Would you want to actually talk about? And um, we had planned on Chief talking about uh, Alvaro Morata, um, the Chelsea forward. Um, but he's uh, he's been a bit on fire after after being the subject of much slagging basically online because of his performances at the start of the season, and uh, I think that there was some jokes about when he had the twin. Um, that you know he renamed his shirt and they were going by the time that he actually scores again he'll need a new shirt uh, a new shirt number but uh, the uh, he's he scored I think he's at four goals in the last three games um, and uh, he's looking quite good is he an option maybe for people who maybe want to save a bit of money and sell Aguero for instance or Lacazette or or any other kind of if they have a little bit of money to spend up front um, but is is he worth it at his price tag yeah, so it's four goals in four games for Morata, so it's pretty good. But you have to remember that that two goals against Crystal Palace was only the second time he scored more than one goal in English football. He scored a hat against Stoke last season and uh, pretty much disappeared off the face of the planet from there. So I think as an FPL prospect, I'm going to sit and wait. Even Sarri himself hasn't really expressed extreme confidence in him just yet. Uh, when you've got the likes of even Pedro behind in midfield, uh, obviously you've got Hazard as a given. But I just, I don't, again, a bit like the Felipe Anderson thing, I just, I don't even think Morata is my second, my, my third Chelsea player after Alonso. You know, it's not, I, I wouldn't consider him just yet. I'd give him a bit more time to, to get things together. Like, he's obviously a brilliant striker. He had a good pedigree arriving into the Premier League and had a very good start to his time in the Premier League and he's there have been all sorts of um, talk about him just like losing confidence and kind of needing to build that up slowly but surely and maybe a bit like James Coleman I wish I wish him the best in doing that and maybe he'll be a prospect later but not for now from I'm just looking at uh, Chelsea's fixtures like they play Fulham in game week 14 so that gives you the chance to let them play Everton and Spurs and then you have a chance to assess and maybe you want him for that game at Stamford Bridge against Fulham yeah yeah I think you're right I mean I know his price tag it it looks it looks really attractive at the start of the season if he had started the season really on fire in fact if he started the season in the form he's in now scoring goals then his ownership would be an awful lot higher and oh um, yeah and, it, and it's, he would have had like three price rises as opposed to three mm, price drops yeah exactly well, the, yeah. the good thing about the good thing about Morata apart from his beautiful looks is the fact that he's worth what 8.4 at the moment um, 
8.7. So this is when we talked about downgrading from your premium forwards. He's even less than Firmino, right? And we, we, we used to say Firmino is this awkward price range at 9.5. You could essentially have Morata and Arnautovic, for example. And he's a, this is a striker that plays for Chelsea, who are top four team, uh, playing really well, scoring a lot of goals, especially, uh, actually home and away. Um, and you can have him there as, as one of your premium forwards to allow you to spend more money. You're saving about, what, three million on, on Aguero, something like that. Um, to, to spend more in midfield. So, you know, like, I agree with Stag. It's, it's one you, you definitely stalk. Um, and if, if you look at their fixtures, you know, Everton Spurs are not the easiest of fixtures, right? So, uh, Fulham, I agree, could be an easy one. But by that time, would they have their manager? And also, don't forget it's a derby. And the derby, the form goes. It is a derby. And... And then after that, they've got Wolves and Man City. Not the easiest of fixtures. So definitely it's a stalk because after that, they've got some nice fixtures. And if he's still in form and you definitely want to decide that you want to change your strategy and, and then it's new wildcard time as well, uh, if, you, if you want to use it, then then he's definitely, he could be an option. It's just that the one with Giroud also in the background. Uh, over, the fi- over, over the Christmas period, I see them swapping. Mixing and swapping. Mm, they they do actually swap quite well. Um, mm. You know, he he definitely seems to be committed to to alternating them a bit. But um, you know, I fully agree. I mean, his, if at his price, he could he could really facilitate a lot if uh, if um, if people were if people were to light that part up with Arnie up front and um, and and go massive in midfield. Getting as we were talking about trying to get trying to get the funds to get Sterling in. Was keeping our defence, um, he could definitely be one option there. Um, we'll move on as to our Barlow and Baldwin captain picks for game week 12. And um, Stag, come to you as our guest first. Um, who is your Barlow? That's your boring captain pick for game week 12. And then give us your Baldwin. So if you're feeling a bit frisky and you're uh, Saturday morning, you're feeling a bit frisky and you're going, yeah, no, I feel like taking a risk this weekend. Uh, plain and simple on the safe option it's got to be Mohamed Salah at home to Fulham uh, Salah has got his confidence back goals are coming uh, aside from against uh, a team in Serbia uh, we won't talk about that game for you guys uh, look he was very involved against Arsenal despite the fact that he didn't score he's a shield pick as well because everyone who has him will captain him almost certainly unless they cap man here or something but it's coverage against that if you don't want to if you don't actually have him um in terms of fulham themselves they're the only team in the league now who haven't kept a clean sheet they have the worst expected goals conceded their second worst for goals conceded full stop if not the worst i don't have that to hand they they're just championship standard defense it's very unfortunate for fulham they were so exciting when they were getting promoted but now they're just the captain someone against them every week pick team that's so simple as Mohamed salah um, yeah and then at the other side it's the other team that are kind of like Fulham this season and that's Burnley who have been absolutely atrocious especially away from home they're the second worst for goals conceded away with 15 Fulham had 16 they have conceded more shots away from home than any other team they've conceded more shots in the box um, away from home than any other team they've conceded more big chances away 22 than any other team with 22 big chances conceded per game away it's about 3.66 per game so the odds of Jamie Vardy for Leicester playing in a team who are playing for each other more than ever in the first game of the King Power Stadium since the tragedy seems quite enticing to me so Jamie Vardy Baldwin mm. I like it. Nice ballsy pick. And uh, 
that's certainly I can see that narrative playing out. You'd uh, you can imagine it. Um, Marzi, come to you. Who's your Barlow and who's your Baldwin? Um, yeah, unlike last week, I'm definitely not changing this week. It's going to be Salah all the way along. In fact, I'll be su- uh, I won't be surprised if the TC chip is active. Um, depends how I feel on Saturday morning. That's, that's basically my... that's that's basically a ballsy and uh, a Barlow one <laughs> if, you, if you did go the triple captain. Um, are you slightly? Are you anyway apprehensive due to the game that we saw tonight when not they looked very very rusty? They did. Uh, second half was a little bit better. It was just one of those games that nothing was going in. Um, I don't know. If, I, I, I would like to think they did not underestimate the opposition, but maybe they did, and it's a good wake-up call for all of us, the fans, the players, Klopp, everybody, that you know, you need to turn up and uh, and win those games. I've been shouting about the final pass, even though we are up there, third, first, second, whatever it is. Uh, I've been saying that our attacking play has not been as good, and we need to solve that to sort that out. Um, however, I do expect. Listen. If we can't beat Fulham at home on the form that they're in now, then we should not be competing for the title. But like I always say, and I will say it before the game, this is a banana skin um, fixture for Liverpool. You're expected and the pressure is on Liverpool to go and win, if not smash Fulham, especially after this. So Fulham could turn up and just flip it. And, you know, there's always that, there could always be that fixture. Ah, there's always that chance, Mars. I, I can't see this being a banana skin in the slice, but and I'm not afraid of jinxing this, Mars. No, do I, but it's just there's always that. I, I want the players to think about that so they can turn up, and then Salah gets me my five goals with a triple captain, and I'll overtake you. <laughs> I think Fulham, I don't think you're even that close to me, Mars, that you'll be able to overtake me even with, with some monster hole. But you, I, but, you, but, but you know my score better than what I do anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just know yeah. that you don't have Salah. Mar- um, Marzi, are you not con- are you not concerned by the fact that he played ninety minutes? I know it's a the game isn't no. until the weekend and it's a Tuesday Champions League no, game. Five, you're you're five, not yeah. you're not concerned about the fact that let's say Shakiri didn't Honestly, play that, at all. I'm not even slightly concerned. I'll be absolutely shocked it's if a, he does a, not put the full it's team. Even, it's even a, it's even a Sunday game, but but of course they're going to win. I guess Sunday. going into the international break and they're you need it, to get your phantom injuries in to keep players away from going away on international Well, Sa- duty. Salah and Mane have already qualified for the Afcon and they only mm-hmm. got one game each. I'll be surprised if they even go. Um, right. Okay, man's done his research. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, thanks. This was that would be a first. Know, like. listen, <laughs> I, I I did not know that Salah Mane only got one fixture I did not even know they qualified somebody on Twitter so basically there's a whole thread about should I triple captain Salah's like right I'm reading this right now <laughs> uh, so yeah you can count that as research there we go done I want, I want a pay rise um, <laughs> <laughs> and yes yeah, so basically listen we've got five, five days until the next game right we can't honestly right now can't afford to, to, to rest players because the, the, the league is so tight at the top that you need to be those teams with all respect to Fulham especially after drawing with Arsenal it's fine for me go away draw with Arsenal uh, draw with City but you need to be all the other teams and then see what happens in the end I expect I do expect changes but I expect that for example if Lovren is fit he might come back in and Trent gets the rest Shakiri will be in that team I expect Shakiri to be in midfield with Salah Mane and Firmino up front I expect the strongest team out there Lalana will be moved Sturridge will be moved so there will be changes but not to the main players. I would be shocked if they don't play. But saying all of that, you know, playing triple captainship on a single game week is something that I have never done before. I'm not. I'm not going to lie and say I'm not considering it. Especially shout out to our friend Peter Blake with his 
uh, article that he did about um, how um, this this season more than ever a single game week captain could could benefit more. I also was looking at all the information from Ben Srelin uh, uh, regarding um, double game week fixtures and how it congested it could get. And I'm not going to say I started looking at what I'm going to do then, but it makes it easier actually if you don't have a triple captainship, so you don't have to worry about it. Saying all of this, highly unlikely that I would use my triple captainship. I was just messing about. But there is, I'm thinking about it. See how I, I feel. I have to say, uh, our friends that have got the assist, Tom, will be saying that you're, you're. I'm definitely getting to you if you're considering throwing down your cap, your triple captainship in game week 12. Don't, uh, like, don't, like I said, I love the fact that you are upset. I don't. No, it's not me. For, it's, it's Tom is saying it. It's okay, not me. Tom. Okay, listen. For me, I look at the number one. Okay, maybe number one is not achievable, but I look at the t- t- ten thousand, <laughs> five thousand. <laughs> you look at catching Don, is it? <laughs> listen, beating Don is going to be so beautiful come May. It, it's going to be absolutely amazing because I, I will win. But. For me, it's just a step to move forward, you know. And I've always said, no lies, my mini-league is the most important thing. However, we are both in a cash mini-league as well, the cancer research one, you know, for for, for charity. Uh, and he's beating me right now, so I need to, you know, get, get a move on. But I'm just giving him a head start. He's, he's older. He needs some time. I'll catch him up. Anyway, my, my Baldwin move uh, would probably be Arnautovic against Huddersfield because I know they just won. But come on, that game was such a drab. You stole uh, that one for me. Uh, Ernie was going to be my bold one as well. But um, I don't have Salah, of course. So um, I'm debating. Mane is, this is kind of one of these horrible ones when you have Mane instead of Salah. Um, because Remember game he's not... 31 last season. What happened then, Stag? That's the the blank game week that's yeah. had the four Guess goals. And remember, there was oh, a good yes, solid like 10 percent of people or something had captained Manny. Oh lord. <laughs> yeah. It it no, but th- these things can happen on occasion. But uh, the other option then is Hazard at home to Everton. I think uh, the difference in Chelsea when he came on was something shocking. And um, yeah, at home against Everton, I fancy them to score a few against them. So um, he, he's another option. But um, yeah, my have of course we probably all have. How many Man City players actually have you got? Um, um, Stag, have you got two or three? Just two. Just two. And um, I think Mars is the same way. Two, uh, yeah. Yeah, with with Marshall, there'd be sort of three. The three. I hate having an attacker going up against a defender, but uh, hopefully Mendy will get some um, assist points during that game. Yeah, uh, you'll just have to call that hedging and same tactical about it. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, like the the Aguero shout against Man United in the derby at home in the derby, uh, he could in fact be a safer captain pick than um, than Mane at home to Fulham because uh, because he, if, like let's face it, Aguero can score against anyone and Man United's defense no, doesn't look, exactly no, look legendary. I like you. I like you. Right? You're doing what I did last week. You're doing what I did last week. Salah against Arsenal. That defense. Yes, I'm going to do it. Don't. Do not captain somebody playing against the top six teams. It's just not worth it because you will sit there and you will not enjoy the game and you think, why did I do it? <laughs> yeah, it's quite, quite I agree with you. I agree with you, Aguero against you. But United, look at, look at last season. United were awful. They turned up at, uh, at City and they turned their game on. Big, yes. big games, big games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he always he always does. He always brings his uh, his defence for those big games. Mourinho does. Well, it, it was three two. So it, it, listen, you captain Aguero and, they, and he scores a brace. You're laughing in our derby. <laughs> but when there's other games like this and Huddersfield and even uh, Leicester, Bur- uh, Burnley at Leicester, 
there's so many other options that I still can't believe that I decided to captain Salah. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, like, we quick, move on. quick question for you guys, second. by the way. Just this yep. is unbelievable. Just okay. First answer, go. How many clean sheets do you think that Manchester United have had this season? Two. Mars, go. Three. Three. Mars, go. I'm He's checking. Go two. He's looking. Two, two. He's no, looking. I'm not looking. Two. It's I remember one. one. It's only one. One. See, I said I remember one because I had short. It's one Burnley away in game week four. That is the only clean sheet that Man United have kept this season. That's what I like, they're they're just not the Man United defensive old, but no. having said that, I do agree with Mar said in the big games oh, Mourinho does tend yeah. to turn up and you know and you'll be going, Where the hell did that defensive performance come out of? Yeah. Uh, you know. But uh, you know, it's it's a it's a good stat anyway. It's a scary one for Man United fans, of course. Yep. But uh, no wonder that people have sold uh, Shaw in droves when he looked like he possibly at his price tag would be a kind of season keeper um, once he stayed fit. But uh, let's move on to the listener questions. Uh, we got a lot in, so uh, thanks a million to everyone as always. Um, and actually, as you were mentioning there, Burnley and the defence, um, FPL family Lee Stag, I'll give this one to you. Um, he was mentioning that Sam was um, absolutely set on binning Madison and he's saying 100% to keep him for Burnley. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Is Madison a buy or sell ahead of Burnley? He's, a, he's, not, he's, he's a, not a buy, he's not a sell, but he's a keep, I would say. I wouldn't yeah, be looking I, to sell I him. Phrased that, phrased yeah, that wrong. He, yeah, he yeah. Own, so. Yeah, so I, I'd keep if you have him. I wouldn't be looking to sell him. There's few of the mid-price midfielders have such plum fixtures that you'd be running to get them in this week. Uh, you know, few are better than Madison anyway. Away to Burnley or with at home to Burnley, who, mm-hmm. as I already talked about, have such a poor record away from home. So hey, yeah, there, I'd I think keep. There could be a lot of frustrated managers this week who probably kept Mitrovic for this last game week um, and then will keep Madison for this game week and will probably get nothing out of it and they'll be again doing another rage transfer after that one. But the but, one uh, thing is that at least at least that Madison is orchestrating a team and genuinely creating chances and just maybe being the, the wrong side of unfortunate, whereas Mitrovic is at the top of a team that aren't giving him a ball so he can't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Madison. The, the, Madison seems to have had the lucky tag and the unlucky tag at different points of the season. Yep. So uh, he definitely it seems to be something that's hovering around him all the time. Uh, Marzi Mohutsu Eno385 was asking, right lads, with premiums in relatively good form and fixtures looking good, is hop on, hop off worth it? He can't have them all at once, so take them in turns. What's your thinking on that one, Mars? If you have a strategy to hop on, hop off, uh, why not? It's just sometimes it could bite you. That's that's the only problem. And also with hopping on and hopping off, if you bought, for example, let's say Hazard at 10.5, whatever he was, and now he's 11 points something, um, can you go back? It's just sometimes you need to make sure that you, you can hop on and hop off without uh, affecting the structure of your team. It's something that I have done before with... Um, with forwards, especially, uh, obviously, we a lot of us did it this this season with uh, Kane, Aguero, Aguero, Kane didn't work. Uh, I would really err on the side of caution of this one and say, uh, hop on, hop off. Some a lot of the time does not work. What you could do is like, you know, okay, fine, I'm gonna have him for four fixtures and then swap him for four fixtures. That could work if you think, especially like here's what's happening. The top six teams are absolutely smashing everybody else. So, so if you have a strategy to have your your midfielders always playing, sometime uh, somebody especially out of the top six or out of the top ten, brilliant. The, the other teams are just not putting a fight right now. Now watch Fulham. 
I'm just jinxed <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, you have to stop worrying about that, Marzi. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stag, John G, Grifters United was asking if you had to pick players to triple up on from teams, who would they be? So, what team would you choose? Now, is Man City the uh, probably the obvious one? But having said that, their man, their midfielders are notoriously tricky to kind of nail down who's playing week in, week out. Yeah, that's it. Like, I think even Liverpool probably have the better fixture set as well. And I'm not just looking at the Fulham game. I'm looking at Watford, Everton, Burnley, Bournemouth that follow that as well in saying that, you know, Liverpool aren't the worst team to be tripled up on. Um, if I was, if, okay, I'm just going to give two different triples. If I was tripling up on Liverpool, it would be Robertson, Salah and Mane. If you really want to triple up on them, I wouldn't. And I'd try to balance it instead with Man City. Uh, I currently have Aguero and Sterling and I probably will end up with maybe Mendy but more likely just given the fact that I'm stretching my budget to the limit it could be Ederson but City's like City's fixtures they have United West Ham Bournemouth Watford Chelsea it's a little bit more difficult it's very truncated and they are of course playing in the Champions League as well um, in a like Liverpool I guess they're in more trouble tonight now aren't they after losing in Serbia so maybe that kind of changes you know it's like we kind of all thought that Liverpool were going to have an easy run here at the end after having a pretty decent start Mm. Yeah, but um, just to let you know, uh, so the PSG Napoli drew, so Liverpool actually joined top of the group. Um, so but, still, that, but still, but still need number. to, but still play yeah. the two big teams now. Absolutely, and they need yeah, results. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you need yeah. to be, we need to beat Napoli um, at home uh, at least. Yeah, um, and John, as she mentioned, he's prompted by the bandwagon on Barkley. So um, just whilst also owning Hazard and Alonso. Um, but he's kind of he's he's buoyed in the thought because he had success last year with a defensive Chelsea dub, or triple up and triples being generally frowned upon. But um, I don't think actually triples definitely work when you've got a team that's on fire and if you have them uh, if you have them at the right price, um, I definitely wouldn't see anything wrong with it when the when the fixtures are good. Um, let me see who this is. Uh, Tilakram Battery um, was asking, so Mersey, this one will give to you. Now, this is a triple header by the looks of it. He's wondering, is it wise to bring Mane in by downgrading Aguero? He's considering the Aguero's limited playing time and away form. Now, there's something I've, I've seen a lot of talk about the away versus home form with Aguero, and we didn't really talk about that earlier on. But um, what's your thinking on on Aguero's away form, Mars? Is that a concern to you? Um, and is it almost as much of a concern as the playing time? I think he's only scored one away goal, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. You're, you're correct. Um, he's literally. Yeah. I'm just checking. I'm just checking it here. So of his seven goals and six assists, I think he only has one goal one, away from one home. One goal away. So I can understand why people are, and and out of those, there, there were some 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 easyish games. Um, Look, the reason he's asking about downgrading Aguero to Mane is is this game coming up. Now, I understand that people are worried about Liverpool playing Fulham. If you don't have any Liverpool cover, then you should should get some, for sure. If you don't have Salah or Mane, get one of them. If you've got one of them, I would not go changing your team just for one game. Like we just said, you know, Salah could steal the show. Uh, Fulham could it could end up one nil. Liverpool are not firing on all cylinders by all means, right? We've just seen that. Fulham need to tighten up, so it could be just a one nil game goal scored by Windelum, for for example. So I wouldn't go changing just for one game. Now, if you want to have, if you want to change because you want to have money for the run of fixtures, then fine. But I would really uh, listen. I can 
can understand people's also frustration with Aguero because until uh, uh, this game week, it's been six points, 60 minutes. But then he does what he did before, you know, just now and got 13 points. Aguero is Aguero, and he, when fit, he's probably one of the best, if not for me, the best strikers in the in the game. So no, I, personally, I would not be downgrading that. I did look at ways to bring in Mane to double up with Salah, but that means losing somebody like Hazard, and Hazard has got a Everton at home. So for me, no, I wouldn't do that. So Marzi, actually, want to just can I add to that there? I've just noticed sure, something while you were talking about that uh, with Aguero. Aguero's home games that he's that, that Man City have played this season: Huddersfield, Newcastle, Fulham, Brighton, Burnley, Southampton. What do those teams hold in common? All in the bottom ten. Yeah, and and they are the bottom five plus Brighton. There we go. So if you're to if you're to try and compare that to the City's away fixtures. Arsenal, Wolves, who were pretty good at the start of the season. Game week three, they had a very good game against City, if you remember it. Cardiff away, that's the only plum fixture in here. Liverpool and Spurs. Like, exactly. comparing, comparing the Spurs form, it's, it's not yeah. at all like with like. Like, you're comparing literally games against the top six versus the bottom six. Like it's, it's insane. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is Aguero is basically the Lukaku of old, the flat track bullies. Is that what you're saying? Track, I think, this, this is what I said earlier. Don, what's happening is the top six teams are absolutely demolishing everybody at the moment. Yeah. But Liverpool haven't been playing great. Spurs haven't been playing great. United haven't been playing great. And I think United, I think I saw a stat that, and people were taking the mick out of United, that they're the only team out of the top six that has, that lost to somebody not in the top ten or something like that. Whereas all the other teams have been beating them quite easily. Or not easily, or, you know, Liverpool only beat Huddersfield 1-0. This is what I mean. Sometimes you have to be cautious. We all thought it's going to be the game where you know Salas goes uh, four, but he didn't. Um, so you know, to what Stag just said, the fixtures. If you look at them, yes, Aguero has only scored one one away goal, and maybe the Cardiff game sticks out to people. Yeah, that was an easy fixture. Still, it's an away fixture, and people have to realise that. Yeah, hundred percent. Thanks, Mersey. Um, he actually was asking about the also about the triple captainship. You did mention that earlier on. We debating, talked about it. Yeah, debating the uh, that and even Hazard in game week fourteen against Fulham, best way to uh, so maybe re- re- do read that um, Peter Blake article on his yes, absolutely safe blog. Um, it'll yeah. give you good info on that one. Um, I would, he the, also the was, one he thing was, I would say. Sorry, the one thing I would say with that is, may, if you're gonna do it. The best time to do it is before the Christmas congestion, congestion, because that's when more rotation would happen. And I think Pete mentions that he actually says this is the best period where you, you could use a triple captainship, and it's between eleven and sixteen, I believe. So, to maybe add to that again, I just quickly got out my calculator and had a look. The top five teams in the Premier League right now have taken a hundred and thirty points of a possible one hundred and sixty-five. The bottom five teams have taken twenty-nine. The disparity is incredible. There we go. Stats, facts, backed by stats. There you go. Oh. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, there's a reason why he's the all-star guest. Isn't that right, Mars? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man with a calculator just, like, typing frantically here. You could probably hear it. I forgot to mute my mic. All you could probably hear is just... Ooh, in the background tapping. <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually was asking about Diangana. Do you have any thoughts on him, of playing him as a forwards midfielder, Mars? Fourth midfielder is pushing. He's four. It's four point five. He's had one good game for West Ham. Look, I watched. I watched the highlights. He's exciting, but listen. So so is Kam- Kamasara, or so is Billing. There are quite a few. He's 
he's, he's a good option if you have another 4.5 that you can rotate with. Do you want him playing in every game? I don't West Ham have good fixtures, but you know what? It could be a really good punt if there's nothing else that you have and you're happy to have a 4.5 playing all the time. Well, you know who's actually you know who's a fantastic punt in that West Ham team and he's not that much more expensive and he is playing a lot at the moment is Robert Snodgrass. If you want to go for a cheap punt in that team, he's 5.3. Snodgrass is one of those fancy names, does, does all right, but when it comes to owning him, he just frustrates me. Fair, that's fair enough. But I guess, yeah, I guess you're looking at that's a different. There's a difference he, in you know slot who he there, isn't it? Diangana is fourth, fifth. You're talking about Snodgrass is third, fourth slot. Yeah, you, you, he reminds me of O'Brien. O'Brien is one of those guys. When I watch him, I think amazing. This guy's gonna get me so many points. You get him because he's cheap and nothing. You might get an assist if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, Stag. Next up is Matthew Hull um, at Doctor Matt zero seven. He was asking uh, again another one of these things to try to get Sterling into your team. He's wondering, would you do Salah to Mane and Richarlison to Sterling? He already has Aguero and Hazard. So um, what would you think of that two-move um, transaction, getting in Mane and Sterling for Salah and Richarlison? I think just general tactic without even thinking about the players he's thought, talking about bringing in. If you have two free transfers right now, you are in a great position to go into the international break with two free transfers. So just use one of them. I definitely wouldn't start to be playing with your elite players right now. Um, in with that sort of transfer, the transfer he's proposed, I, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't do it now. It isn't the time. Um, Paul Whitehouse, um, who he was asking, Marzi, give this one to you. Um, the f- best 4.5 goalkeeper over the next six weeks. So um, he reckons Patricio's time is up. So he's moving away from him. Um, would who would you be sticking? Who would you be going for in the budget keeper slot? Has Ryan just moved up from 4.5 to 4.6? Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, then I'll probably say Fabianski. Yeah, think, Fabianski. With with the fixtures, with much the fixtures, West Ham's defense is just don't, yeah. it just doesn't look particularly rock solid. But yeah, the fixtures they should definitely get a good few clean sheets. And Fabianski just Fabianski just gets save points yeah. every game I watch him. He gets save points, so it's no it's a nice team. save option. You stay away from people like Hart. It's just not worth it. Even uh, you know Lossel or Huddersfield. No, no, I'll I'll stick with Fabianski. Nice one. Um, Stag KTK uh, Satsuma Otoko was asking about Vardy keep or switch to Wilson. Now, Wilson's obviously the flavour of the month because he's returning his price tag, brilliant. But you did mention earlier on about how you actually fancy him as kind of your your Baldwin captain pick for, for this game week. You have a kind of good feeling about it. What's your thinking on Vardy as a keeper? Um, if you if you kind of dispel the kind of the 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 feeling compact of the king power of this game week, um, yeah. what would you think about that move? Um, I think that Leicester's fixtures for a start are better than Bournemouth's. Um, Bournemouth, I have Callum Wilson right now. They play Newcastle away this week, and then they start this horrific run of fixtures where they play Arsenal, City, Huddersfield, Liverpool. Um, so it's it's not a, that's not a great run of games. So this is not the time to be getting in Callum Wilson. I think that um that reeks of chasing points that have already happened. Uh, Callum Wilson, look, he's six goals scored this season, so he's uh, two point two goals off equaling his best ever season's tally uh, already, but I just think chasing points and bringing him in now is not the right time. Unless you're looking at randomly wildcarding, then just after the next game week, then no, not a move. Uh, I think Vardy is definitely a good pick, and if you have him, I would 100% keep him. He's not going to be playing during the international break. He's now retired from international football, so that's going to help in terms of maybe his uh, ability in game week 13. 
Dean at the other side of the international break. Leicester's fixtures are good. Trying to take the emotion out of it, I still think that Jamie Vardy is definitely a good pick for now. I would definitely keep him for this weekend and assess based on that. Yeah, um, Wilson, Wilson, funny enough, I think his kind of previous records kind of stats are a little bit skewed by the fact that he was injured. You know, he's, he has missed a lot absolutely, of game time yeah, absolutely, uh, through injury. Yeah. I mean, when he has played, his goal record is, is phenomenal. Um, so uh, so I'm happy to have him, but funny enough, I've had him for quite a while now. And if I was if I was picking between him and Arnie, I probably still would be going with Arnie. <laughs> um, but but, but uh, this, this is the thing. like You're talking about a player who's having his breakout season. So you had goals in game weeks one and two, and then you'd had one, two, three, four, five. Is it five or six? Mm. Yeah, it's five game weeks where he returned nothing in a row. Yeah. So it's like it's not like this is a, like they were tough games, granted, looking at the fixtures. But still, if this isn't like we're not talking about Sergio Aguero Jr. either. So, no. yeah, in spite of the fact that he's scored probably more goals than him this season, or just the same. But it's, he's, yeah, don't be bringing him in this weekend um, ahead of such a tough set of fixtures. I think with Bournemouth, you've got some great options you can get in midfield to fill up your kind of lower down the midfield slots, be it through Fraser, be it through Brooks, or be it through even Stanislas, who's returning since he came back. That I, that probably is a bit of a snodgrass to you, Myers. But you know, it. I just wouldn't be bringing him in now. Yeah, one thing is funny though with Fraser, and it's actually interesting that he's mentioned in the same question with Vardy is um, remembering Leicester's season when they when they were um, and we were going they can't keep it going they can't keep it going and now I don't think Bournemouth they're going to be that high up the table but in terms of an individual player performance, um, you know Vardy's performance is consistency that way that season. Um, I mean Wilson. Wilson probably has the talent of Verdi, um, and uh, Bournemouth are probably, you know, they, they don't have the, that Leicester team. I don't know, it was some, some sort of strange, bewitched um, thing that was going on that season when they just couldn't seem to stop winning. But um, but Wilson Wilson has really impressed me. Um, the, uh, the one thing that Wilson is missing compared to Verdi is that killer pace, which kind of allows him to kind of, there's, there's one chance that almost like creates itself for him if that makes sense, even against good yeah. teams, just by pure pace alone, he kind of catches onto a pass or just causes hassle that shouldn't be caused or is able to run onto a ball that ma- the likes of Callum Wilson can't. Callum Wilson's a Running better dribbler. Behind, yeah, yeah. I think Vardy is a better first-time finisher where his pace you know, gets him there. Wilson is probably a better finisher overall, probably a more talented player overall, but Vardy perhaps just as a player for from an FEL point of view is better. I'd rather play with Wilson in my five-a-side team, but, you know... Maybe Vardy is probably the better FPL player still. All right, done. Uh, let's switch it over a little bit, a bit of a switcheroo because we're missing Kylie. Um, Felipe Anderson, we've talked about him, but a question for you from no one you know, at just Mendoza. Uh, would you straight swap him in for Madison this week or wait a couple of weeks to get Arnie instead, probably after they play City? Yeah, well, I believe in Madison this week, as we mentioned with with Burnley. I'd, if you have him, I'd hold on to him for the week. And we also mentioned about Felipe Anderson. He probably is someone that we'd stay away from for now and just have him on our stalk list. Fair enough, yeah. I agree with that. Uh, Stag, one for you from uh, Andre L at Andre L0313. He's had a decent week, 73 points, green arrows. All right, show off, Andre. No, I'm joking. Thinking of dropping Salah and Madison for Mane and Sterling. Is he mad? Now, I told him we were going to assess the level of madness. So, 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 M to the S, Where? how mad is he in madness? 
so he's doing Salah to Madison and what? Mane for Sterling. Oh, sorry, Salah and Madison for Mane and Sterling. Um, this week. Just just now isn't the time. Um, so in terms of the on the madness scale, he's probably moving towards the first S. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just imagine you sell Salah and Madison; they both score. Uh, even if Mane and Sterling return, you, it's just life for life. But he's, he's either just he's either taken a four point hit to do this, or he's wasted a free. Tra- you know, used up having the chance to have two free transfers going into the international break on this. Even from just a pure like FPL tactics point of view, it's not a good idea. That'd um, be one of those ones. Take the uh, move, out of move, moving off Salah against Fulham, and you'd, that'd be one of those moments that you'll always remember for a bad reason in FPL, probably. You, yeah, yeah. Do you really, do you really want to be talking about game week twelve for the rest of your life? <laughs> I was gonna say he's at the level of the third exclamation mark that I added after the first two, after the, S, <laughs> the last. <X>. <laughs> 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 All right, Don. Uh, FPL Claret at Claret FPL. First, we have to say congratulations because he just got married. Um, um, he wants to know for the next three weeks Salah to Sterling I don't have any City attackers if it helps I had KDB so should I ride this out for the long term Salah KDB Hazard well I wouldn't be going I wouldn't be doing it this week anyway um, 100% but uh, I wouldn't also want to be going without City attackers I did notice there was one one guy who was actually top of that cash league that we were mentioning earlier on, Mars, um, the Cancer League for uh, Dave Dave from Burnley that he arranged, um, and he actually has no Liverpool attackers. I wouldn't fancy at the moment with City scoring five or six a game, four or five six a game, um, going without a City attacker would uh, would have me a nervous wreck. But uh, definitely not this game week. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. And that's all we have for the listener questions. Back to you, Don. Brilliant stuff. Thanks a million, Marzi. You're a fantastic question um, host, isn't he, Stag? Did you enjoy that? Absolutely amazing. Truly. It was a real step up there for a few minutes. Listen, you're still... <laughs> oh, Stag, you're still hard. on the naughty step. I'm just using language that you understand now to show you how angry I am. Still on the naughty step and you sit there until I say you can get up. <laughs> but it's like, it's like we're using no. this language. It's like, my father went to bed before me. I'm on the podcast and he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go mad tonight now. Daddy's <laughs> going to bed. Uh, th- that's all we got time for in tonight's show. Thank you very much, Stag, as always, for uh, being a fantastic guest. Thank, and, uh, thanks we've, so much. We've enjoyed having you on. Thanks um, so much for having, for having me on, guys. Uh, always enjoyable. And thanks, of course, as well to the Chief at FBL Hints. Um, another fantastic appearance from the Chief. Um, and uh, hopefully he'll, his season will uh, will go from strength to strength after this. Uh, Mars, of course, you can find at Mars05. Uh, stag you can find at fbl stag kylie who you may as well give her a few listens even while she's on holiday she's at kylie fbl and myself who you can find at the marble curse the chief has enough followers already but if you do feel and you somehow have missed following him he is at fbl hints on twitter and we do hope you've enjoyed listening in check us out at three amigos fbl where you can find our latest blog posts and links to our social channels please like share and rate the podcast on itunes thanks as always for your support good luck in game week 12 adios amigos bro <laughs> <laughs> Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.